Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. I'm joined today by uh, ASU swimmer, Grant House. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing, doing pretty well today. Uh, it's been a pretty good start to the day and uh, glad to be on here. So I figured uh, we, it, I wanted to start with our uh, mutual connection, which was that we both grew up uh, with older brothers yeah. and our older brothers actually happened to swim together for a time um, at Purdue. But I wanted to kind of start the conversation with, um, you know, your entry into swimming and how your older brother, um, you know, kind of had an effect on, on, on you in swimming. Yeah. So I guess, to start a little bit before Kyle was my mom and dad uh, both swam and they were both coaches. Um, I think by the time I came around, they were about coaches for 20, 20 ish years, uh, 20 plus. Uh, So I have an older sister too, uh, Ashley and then Kyle, my older brother. And so we're pretty separated in age gaps. Uh, My sister's 37. Kyle is about to turn 31 on the first of June. And then I'm 21. Uh, now so um, a pretty large age gap but by the kind of going into the connection with Kyle too is I started swimming competitively around I think the age of seven and kind of always just gravitated towards swimming again I played some other like some basketball camps uh, other sports here and there but kind of always just kept coming back to to swimming um, no matter what it was and so um, at that time, like I said, the, the age gap, Kyle was, um, I guess, almost more of a, not more of a, but pseudo father figure for me as well. Um, both my parents, I, I mean, I just called them Monday night and had a great call with them about how much they meant to me and, and the role models they'd been in my life. But Kyle was closer to my age than my father for me, obviously, and, and we really connected. I don't think I... I'd be the person I am today without him. So he, uh, he was someone who always got me intrigued to swim. He was the reason I wanted, I wanted to beat him. I wanted to be better than him. I, I always enjoyed hanging out with him. I thought his friends were um, really fun to be around. They were always nice to me, always pushed me, always challenged me. And it was just like the environment and the person I aspired to be. So basically my whole childhood was just kind of chasing him around and chasing riding his coattails if I could and and uh, just be like I don't know like the the old adage of uh, be like Mike or Michael Jordan knows be like Kyle for me so I I think it's pretty comical now to um I've kind of eclipsed him in a little in a, a good amount of swimming now but a lot of the like emotional maturity and mental maturity that he has is really inspiring to me and just how he carries himself um, each day but it's, it's been fun to learn with him along the way, experience different things as I've gotten older and can handle more, um, more experiences and together, especially, and just forming our own relationships or own special relationship and experiences rather than just uh, him kind of taking care of me, but we can kind of go along with it together. Yeah. 
what do you was was him leaving for college uh, a big deal for you yeah i definitely say it was it was a bit bizarre um my sister leaving wasn't like that crazy because i was so so much younger um uh, but when kyle left i definitely remember um he went when he went to purdue it wasn't too far away but i remember like the week after like why can I, we not go just go see Kyle like this weekend? Um, cause to me, I mean, my parents told me it was like three and a half hours away for us living in Indiana. Um, but just, that's not how things work all the time. Um, don't always get what you want, obviously, but, um, being about 10 at the time when he went, uh, I didn't exactly understand that to the fullest. So that was definitely like an, a dynamic that, I had to kind of grow through and learn. And that's when I really started to find from what I can remember, like my own personal friend group and my peer group as well. And, um, interestingly enough, it's, it's kind of something I reflect on a lot. Like I, I enjoy my peers as well, but it was just, I always just have a tendency to gravitate towards, um, an older, older peer group, people who are a couple years, um, beyond my age, um, solely because of how like, embedded and integrated I was with my brother and even like you mentioned when I when I went up to our, our brothers I mean I hung out with Kyle and a little bit around um, the college guys as well um, as much as they would tolerate me and as much as I was allowed of course but um, it was definitely it was definitely hard uh, to have that like immediate immediate motivation immediate role model out of my life but I think it was like I'd had enough at that point to where, okay, like I have this direction I want to go and want to be, or at least what I thought and, and wanted to aspire to be. And it wasn't like it was gone. We'd still Skype like our family would every now and then we'd still see them for almost every home dual meet. We'd go up on the weekends. My parents made that work. And yeah, so he was still heavily embedded in my, in my life for sure. And he made, he made sure of that made sure to not, um, kind of take a sidestep even though he was going to college and even though he was not going to be in the house every day, but it was definitely different. Like you, uh, you, you stated and um, from seeing him at the pool every day to, to going to the high school that he went to and, and then ultimately going to a completely separate high school and, and really creating like my own path around when I went to St. Xavier in Ohio, rather than just the high school my sister had gone to Kyle had gone to and my parents had both, coached and taught at for 30 plus years at that point so wow yeah so, so uh what inspired that decision of kind of you know veering off towards saint xavier yeah i think for me it was pretty much why well, I, I joined the cincinnati marlins at that time my mom had taken a job offer from them earlier about i think maybe a year or a season before i i switched over and so she got the position at uh, Northern Kentucky University, um, and we, that was one of the satellite sites we trained at. Um, and that was a pretty good distance away from where we lived in Indiana at the time. Um, it was about a 45-minute drive um, just there. And so every day after school, I'd get picked up and drive, drive to NKU. Um, I, don't, I think my practice time kind of – changed a little bit as I got into different groups. But as, uh, again, as I connected with the older peer group, um, pretty routinely and, and due to my, my level and my competitive 
um, aspect of swimming. I always kind of wanted to be with the, the older guys. I always wanted to race the older guys. I had the ability to race them and work with them. Um, maybe not strength wise, but ultimately in the pool with speed and, and performance wise, I could keep up and, and could kind of keep creeping towards them and uh, getting to that, getting to that level from where I was at. So when I saw that and I was spending a lot of time with those guys, they were all, most of them, 75% of them were people at St. Xavier. Um, they were, I mean, the Marlins main site is at uh, St. Xavier Keating Natatorium. Um, that's obviously where the school has their practices, competitions. So it kind of almost like fell into itself. And I think my parents maybe saw that and I, I never really asked to go, but my parents kind of brought it up to me. Um, my mom's brothers had gone to St. X and I didn't know that until I was, I was already heading there, but, um, it was kind of a, a discussion of, they saw how I, how I was progressing. They saw where I was at in my kind of in my life and development. And they wanted me to, for what they saw to have a, I guess, a better developmental environment and to at least grow into more resources than maybe my sister and, and brother had had. And they thought that was a better opportunity for me at the time. Um, so I think I know they had Kyle they had, had that same conversation with Kyle once or twice um, about going to St. Xavier, but he just didn't, it wasn't as pressing for them. It wasn't that, that lifestyle wasn't there in front of him. He wasn't with the Marlins. Um, he was still coaching, swimming for my, my mom and dad. And, and so it just wasn't around as prevalent as it was for me going to Keating every Saturday for our group practices. And then, seeing the guys being on the same team, racing them every, every meet, every day. And so I think that's really what culminated is all that my parents saw how much I enjoyed it, much enjoyed those individuals there. And especially the coaches when, I mean, they saw me around, they'd always make, make sure to talk with me and whatnot. And there were coaches on the Marlins as well. So it just, it really just fell hand in hand. I'm, I'm very fortunate because I think as much as Kyle was that environment, um, at St. X was, was hugely profound, maybe beyond even what I realized to developing who I am today and, and still carry the characteristics that I learned there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into that. Um, if you're okay with it, because I, yeah. you know, the St. X in this, in the swimming community has, has this huge lore, you know, of, uh, of being this powerhouse Ohio swim team and, you know, I've, I've uh, heard about the Ohio State meet in particular and how, and, and just, you know, so, someone has, has told me before, like, that's, you know, that's the most exciting, exhilarating environment to be at in terms of like a, a high school swim meet or a swim meet period. And so I, I would love to get your perspective on what swimming at St. X was like. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was quite the honor. Um, I mean, as, as an alumni now, I can proudly say um, it's very, it's very nostalgic to think about it, even just a couple of years removed. But I remember it's just such a great community of people who care and want you to be your best self. No one there, whether they reprimand you for something, whether it's they make you uh, work harder or give you extra work to do or, or whatever it is, no one there wants you to fail. They all want to just push you to what they either see that you can succeed as or challenge you to succeed as and improve yourself. 
And that's something that I struggled with at first, especially going into a new environment because yes, I did know a couple people in on the swim team that were there, but those were seniors or juniors and I was a freshman and I wasn't going to be seeing them in my classes. So I remember I went to St. X um, my first year knowing one person in my entire class of like 420 kids. Um, so that was, that was pretty challenging. Um, and, and definitely took some, luckily I was always a social butterfly. My mom would say, but so it didn't take too long to make friends, but it was definitely daunting and, and kind of scary some days. Like I don't, I don't really know anyone here other than those seniors and juniors who were kind of like brothers to me. But like you were stating, the, the experience is pretty surreal. I remember after I just took my entrance exam, like my placement exam to see if I, one, could get into say next, um, and two, to like where you get dropped in classes. Um, the guys had all like known I was going to go to St. X at this point, um, barring any, any unfortunate situations with not getting in. Um, and like four or five of them saw me come back from the testing that Saturday cause I had to miss practice and I just went with a different group. Um, and they like got out of their workout when I walked back, they're like, Oh, how'd you think you did? How'd it go? Was it hard? All this, are you going to be joining the team? And I was like, well, I, I don't know, but I thought that was so cool. They're, the coach is like barking at them to get back, like into the workout that they just hopped out of. So, but that's just how much they cared already um, and cared for my character. Uh, and so kind of continuing on that trend, I remember my freshman year, I'd obviously heard the same hype and excitement you had. I had fortunately been able to go to, I think the, the Canton Viking invite winter invite um, in December. And that was to give my class that ended up, I think we ended up graduating 11, not 11 total, I think 15 or 16 in total, but 11 of us went to compete at a division one program for um, swimming, which is, I think just remarkable, almost unprecedented. And yeah. that freshman year, they know, they knew what we were capable of. And so they wanted to get us experience in that environment just for three months down the line and February for the state meet. And so for our state qualifier, we go sectionals um, one week, then the next week you qualify for districts. And then after that you qualify for state. And so sectionals is if you're a year round swimmer, essentially just kind of don't get disqualified, get it through. And that's all my coaches told me. So I remember on like all, we recorded all of our races that day. And then the next after, before or after practice, we went and watched them as a team. But like I stayed on the block, like two seconds after the starter went, I stayed on like for relays, like after they touched the wall and like looked up, like I went. Um, so it was a little, a little exaggerated, but I didn't know at the time I was like, all right, so I gotta be extra, extra careful. And uh, I didn't want to be the guy that they tell told and ruined something. So um, like you said, because Sandex had this huge, huge reputation and renowned aspect. And in my freshman year, I don't know why it kind of correlated like that, but I wasn't, we weren't, not me, we weren't supposed to win by any means at the, at the state meet. And this was about, I think this was going to snap like a, I think we're over 40 at this point, um, total state championships, but that would have been the seventh year in a row we would have won. Um, and so we were supposed to get like second or third because we just didn't have the what people thought to be like the renowned 
athletes we did in, in history's past. So we go into districts. Um, I swim. I swim really well at districts, and uh, kind of get all my goal times I'd, I'd set at the beginning of the season. So I remember getting a, uh, an interview from Marty Hubble, and I was like, "Yeah, that's." He's like, "So what's what's the plan for next week?" And I don't know the full interview exactly anymore, but I just remember I was like, well, uh, that was my goal time by like a second. So I, I guess I'll try to go faster. Um, but it was just that simple um, for me. I was a part of a great team, a great environment. And we get to the state meet and everyone's again telling me like, don't worry, it's going to be exciting. Like, you're not going to have to worry about that. It's crazy. So I was like pretty like looking forward to it. And at Ohio State, we do – prelims Friday um, for division one and then finals the next day. Um, so I, I finished the session. I was like, Oh, this is cool. This is, it's pretty much almost like an arena around, around the pool. Like three out of the four sides are covered around you from behind the starting blocks along the right side. And then at the end of the end of the pool, there's all stands um, going up about, 20 or 25 rows just filled with people on top of each other. And so after the session, I went up to one of the guys who was, I've known since I was 11 or 10 in the Marlins, um, another Sanex guy, Mitchell Fry. And I was like, man, like you were so right. Like that was really cool. Like this energy is insane. And he like laughed at me and he's like, dude, he's like, this is nothing. <laughs> like, like in retrospect, the stands weren't even like half packed. And I thought it was like, cool. It was just parents. Like, <laughs> it was just some of the swimmers. Um, but when finals came the next day, um, it was, it was just like, you're, you're had your headphones in noise canceling over the ear, just on full blast. And to the point where, I mean, you're behind the blocks and, and our, it was so, new to me because I we've all been most of us have been to football games in grade school high school college for your school or maybe somewhere else um or you've at least seen pictures of it at schools but they always have this huge student section and for St. X we have like a hundred plus people come to support the swim team like in Canton Ohio like I I, th I think it's like a four hour a three hour trip and <laughs> they'll come up and it's not all just swimmers. Um, we have a really big team, like sometimes hundred, hundred plus total members. Um, but there's, there's guys from school that come cause they hear about how exciting it is too. And they're like, Oh, like I'm free this weekend. I'll, road, I'll go up there and enjoy some friends and get rowdy for my school. And it's just, it's just a cool asset that I've never seen for the, for the sport of swimming. Yeah. Um, let alone, but for one individual with one individual sport within swimming. And so when you're standing behind the blocks, at least for me, like they'd start chanting St. X and other, other cheers and whatnot. You could like feel it like vibrating your, your body. You could feel like the pressure of the noise. And uh, that was all you could hear. Like basically what I think of it as is just support and encouragement for a bigger cause than just yourself it's you just keep hearing that you keep getting inundated with that and then everyone else goes up around you but that one's like just keeps hitting you because they line up right behind the blocks they, they, they get the prime seating every time <laughs> and uh but yeah it, it it really is i mean one of the most exciting meets i've ever been to in my life i think beyond just being with the raw competitors of like a nationals or 
or like an international meet, um, hands down the environment was far, far beyond anything I'd ever um, known thus far. And, um, and definitely in like my top three, um, especially that first year um, experiences I've ever had. And, and it really never subsided any year. It only just got more and more and you kind of prepared for it and you, and you knew it was coming. But that first year was, was really surreal and special because I, I'd never had that experience yet, but each year it, it's still, you get behind the blocks, you'd still have the butterflies, you'd still have the, so the nerves and the excitement from like hearing the crowd and, and hearing your, your support system, family, friends, team members um, who didn't qualify for state or didn't qualify for finals. And uh, it, it was really neat and not to belittle the competition by any means, I, every year I think in Ohio, it actually got harder and harder um, and more and more, more and more depth. Um, I can't tell you the amount of Division One athletes that my over my four years, um, the well, Division One athletes in high school went on to Division One schools as well and Division Twos. Um, so I think that's like a testament to just how intense, intense and depth wise the uh, the state of Ohio is for the sport of swimming. So it's it's very profound. I think. What are when you look back on uh, on swimming at San X, you know, do you have uh, one or two highlights or, or stories that that you're like, you know, these are these these are the best or these are my favorite? Um, I think I definitely <laughs> I, I think there's a couple. Um, some some more inappropriate than others, but I think one of them is that freshman year at state. Um, it, it was just, I, I just, I just laughed because of how, I guess, naive I was or whatever it is and, and how simple it was. Um, and that's really something that I think a lot of our experiences kind of get us away from sometimes as we get older, getting too serious about it. And it's something that always like kind of draws me back. I mean, my freshman year, I had the biggest difference in grade, grade differential of freshman to senior, if that makes sense. And like sophomore to senior, junior, so freshman to senior. So I had like all my older brothers. I had all the guys I had always wanted to be on a team with, even if it was just for one year. Um, and so that was, that was really neat. And, and like I said, we weren't supposed to win that year. And so I went as a freshman, um, the first, the first event, the 200 freestyle. I think that's, I, I still never figured out the high school lineup. I, I'm ashamed to admit that, but I just was, I was there and they just, I swam what they needed me to and I did my best. So that was, that was what I had to do. Um, but after the two medley that saw the team do really well in that, do um, get, get excited off that, take that energy into my race, um, go into the 200 freestyle. Like I said, I, I just, my goal was to go faster. Didn't know what, what the expectation, no expectation. And uh, went like two and a half seconds faster than my goal time had been. Um, so ended up winning the 200 freestyle my first year, going away. Um, and then the next event was my the 100 freestyle because that's where they needed me most. Mm -hmm. And the way I, for us, it, there's a break. And so after the 100 fly, there goes a, a, like 15, 20 minute break into uh, into the 100 fly. And so or vice versa. I think I said that backwards, but basically in between the break, I like could kind of go to this, go to the pool side of the pool and, and uh, 
like see my family, they were smiling and just saying anything. I could see friends like waving teammates mm -hmm. and, and it was just very like, it was just so I think comical to look back on. Like, I'm just, I have so many pictures from people of me just like laughing, not even worrying about like, Oh yeah, you just won state like this and that just like, no, okay. Like the next one, I'll just keep swimming. So the hundred freestyle comes, I, I go faster than I even thought I, I would again by like a second, especially in a shorter sprint. Um, end up winning that as a, <laughs> as a freshman too. And so, hey, so what'd you go to win that? Um, my freshman year, I won a 44 two. Um, that was 2014, maybe, yeah, 2014. When I was 15 years old. Um, and I thought that was more impressive than my 200 free, which was like a 135 at the time. Um, but like I said, I, I didn't wow. expect any of this to, to happen. So from that, I have like kind of a quickish turnaround into our 200 freestyle relay, which of the three relays in high school is like my school's renowned worst relay mm -hmm. um, up until of late, fortunately. But just every year it's like, who can we just toss on there to, to salvage something, a top eight finish maybe. And so we put together a pretty good like group that, that year. It was decent, but they were like, well, Grant's going to be on it now because he just did the – the hundred. Um, I don't think I was supposed to be on it, but he did pretty well on that. And so they anchored me. And I remember I went in seventh and I never, I don't even know what my fastest split was. I don't even know if it was below a 21 at this point, but I ended up going in 19 seven anchoring and we got second. Um, it wasn't <laughs> a win, but it was just really cool for me. Um, that was a really neat experience. Um, I love like the pressure of that scenario. Like I always tell coach Bowman or my coaches at St. X or club, um, they'd be like, Oh, like if you had a choice, where would you want to be? And it's like, well, I, I like to phrase it as I either like to start the party or end it. So I'll either go first or last. And cause I just really love those and that, that situation. And then we go on to the last relay, the four by 100 freestyle and, Kind of same situation. We basically were told before the relay, you just have to get – you can't get below fourth and we'll win the meet. Um, and so that's kind of what we understood. They're like, don't disqualify. Don't leave early. Just do what you guys have been doing on meet and swim well and, and just be smart. So I guess this was probably another – one of the like memories I'll think about most is that relay because – of what we didn't have to do, but every member on that relay did. So the way it went was I'm pretty sure it went like most experienced to least experienced technically. So <laughs> we had one senior, one junior, one sophomore, one freshman. And so I'm pretty sure it went senior, uh, junior, sophomore, and then me, freshman. And so I thought that was cool to just have one of every, one of every class um, like kind of culminating our whole efforts that year. Cause like, yes, I, I did win two events and helped the relay, but like if I had just swam the meet for St. X, like I obviously couldn't have won the meet. Um, it took a whole, a whole team and, and culture and family effort. And so I think that being the last event, that being the way we kind of closed out things really culminated it. And so like our senior, um, Mikey Montague, Montag, um, he, was probably the, the slowest on the relay, but he had had a, a great state meet and, and thus far and, and really like kind of 
surprised everyone. It was awesome to see. And so he was kind of a last minute add on to the relay, I think like the night before, or maybe that morning too. Mm -hmm. And he, on his leg, he went like a second and a half faster than he'd ever gone before. Um, And so my other teammates did great too. They went faster than their individuals. Um, I think one of my guys didn't even get top 16 but he would, his time on the relay would have gotten him like fourth or fifth. Um, after not, after not doing that, like he just stepped up huge. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm like, I'm going anchor and I have a decent lead and not, I mean, I guess, no, it actually wasn't a decent, I think I was behind by like two body lengths and I was like, okay, like we can, I just, and it was just us two teams. Like everyone else was like a half pool length behind, if not a whole length. And I was like, all right, so I just don't have to disqualify. I don't have to um, get fifth. And I was like, <laughs> pretty solid spot to be in. And I was like, yeah, I could just kind of like coast it. And I remember seeing like my uh, – or that I should just do that because that was like what the coaches had emphasized towards us. And I saw like my teammates get out and I saw Mikey and I saw like how excited he was. And I was like, I just kind of just said like, screw it. And just, I think I definitely like way more intense than I should have been for that, for my coach's liking probably. Um, Didn't break early or anything, but probably should have uh, been a little bit more cautious. And (laughs) after, after the first lap, we were in the lead. I came off the first wall two body or dove in two body lengths behind, came up almost even. And off after the first wall, I mean, it was, it was done. Like it was, everything else was just, um, maintain, which I, I can do cause I'd won the hundred and I just, I mean, I, I looked at it as an opportunity. Like I, I wanted to win. Like I didn't want to just, I wanted to dominate. Like I didn't want to just, Oh yeah, we got first by a couple hundreds. Like I wanted to kind of bury it and make it a statement of like what we were here to do, what I was there to do and to ultimately start and culminate the process and journey that I went to, when to continue, but for the, that team, like I, I saw how much it mattered to Mikey. I saw how much it mattered to Mitchell and I think um, Matt Slaby as well. And um, it was just very empowering and, and surreal to kind of be the final swim of the meet, the last heat, the last event and the last swimmer and go out in exciting fashion um, and win the meet when we, we had kind of already, like, I guess, won it, like I explained, but it hadn't been uh, finished yet. And so to take the last, be the culminating piece of all that was really neat as um, as someone who had just stepped into that that culture, like we've been talking about at St. X, and, and kind of continue that, that storied history and help be a part of that process. So I'd say those are two of my, like, most fond memories. Um, there's some travel travel trips to and from on, on a bus. I, I always enjoyed, that was the first time I'd taken like team trips on a bus. So mm-hmm. I always enjoyed that and hearing stories from the older guys at the time, um, sharing memories with um, singing songs, um, whether to or from um, getting back. I remember there was like, um, there was one, one time we got back at like 2am cause there was like some mistake and, um, there was an issue with our, our van or bus. And I remember we went to this, uh, like, I guess 
food court at this mall to get dinner. And uh, one of the guys got like got his food. We all did. And then he got like three, <laughs> three cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. And, <laughs> and he put them in his bag or something. And over the trip, um, he like kind of was, <laughs> was eating them. And at the end, um, he had like three cinnamon rolls left or whatnot. And we all were like, okay, you got to eat this now. Like you paid for it. I think some other people paid for it, but in the matter of like five minutes, he ate like all three and was just, Oh, it was disgusting. (laughs) But it was, it was like 2am. We just got back from a meet. We were all tired and somehow we were able to like just be oorah and like cheering him on. And it was just a funny memory to have very, very simple, very, very adolescent, but it's definitely something I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to switch gears a little bit. Um, so you have, you know, we've gone through your highlights of Saint X, uh, in 2015, uh, you went to the world junior championships that summer. Uh, yeah. can you tell me about that experience? Yeah. So that was, that was very exciting for me. That was, um, that was after that was my second year. So my sophomore year, Um, and so I remember having the discussion with my coach, um, Jim Brower and he had, we had this other former swimmer, David Mosco, and there was always kind of, um, at least in St. X's history, there was like one or two, not like one or two, there were several individuals, but like kind of a, not a once in a generation, but like one that stood above the, the rest kind of. Um, and I think what really emphasized it was like we'd have our national championship title the mythical national championship state championship banners all over the pool mm-hmm. and then we had like the um niska national champion individual um a couple times and so i think one was um joey hudipole one was david mosco um i know i'm missing like two kind of ashamed of myself for not remembering them right now. I can see it up on the wall, but um, bottom line, we had like two or three and, and it was like 97 or it was like set like seventies or early eighties, then nineties, then early two thousands. But we hadn't had one for the two thousands tens yet. And every day when I saw that, I was like, I want to, I want to be, be like those guys. I want to be, be that level and, and help this program get to that level again. Um, Cause I think the last time we had done that was, 2002 or something early 2000s again with David and so um, coach Brower had always told me about David his sophomore year was his his uh, sophomore summer of um, I think he called it sophomore summer of, ex- of travel and he's like I think that's what yours is going to be now too Grant and so I didn't really understand it at the time but that summer we went to San Antonio to qualify for the meet that was the qualifier for junior worlds and uh, several other meets. I, I believe so. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but I remember the first night or the first day I had, I only had like two or three cuts. I think I had like the 400, 400 meter freestyle, the 200 meter freestyle and something else. I think I time trialed the hundred freestyle and, and the 200 IM or, I think. And first day was the 400 freestyle. That was pretty rough. That didn't, it was really a pretty bad race for me. Um, and then the next day 
and was kind of just like trying to figure out what, like what was going on still. And uh, I wasn't with my coach. My dad was actually with me because my coach for countryside torpedoes was at YMCA nationals um, where he had 20 plus swimmers and he, and we were like, well, my dad can come take care of me down here. He's been a coach, obviously. He helped coach my YMCA team as well, assistant. Mm-hmm. So that just worked out better. And I remember calling him and we were talking. I was like, yeah, I don't know what happened. And he's like, then don't worry about it and just focus on the next one and just have some fun with this one. So it's um, kind of what I did. And, and the morning swim wasn't the best. It's still pretty frustrating, but I got – into the C final, I think at this point, they had an 18 and under heat for nationals, which was specified for um, the youngins. Yeah. And uh, I was second, I was second alternate, or I wasn't even supposed to be in it. And I got scratched in. Um, I got scratched into, I think, it, I don't know if it was lane eight, but lane eight or zero or, or one, one of the outside, the outside lane. And on the other side, the, the guy who had also got scratched in was Joey Reelman or Michael Reelman, um, who's also from Ohio. Um, so that was really cool as well, too, to have two guys in that. And I think uh, Jeff Newkirk, um, Caleb uh, was in that. <laughs> I don't really remember who else, but I was like, all right, like, let's just go. And I knew Caleb was in it. And obviously, he has his stature now and status. And it wasn't, um, it was less than, but. He was obviously still a big name, still fast guy. And I was like, I want to be the best one in this heat. I was like, I don't care what happens in the A final or B final. I was like, I got in here by luck, kind of, honestly. I was like, so there's no nothing to lose. And so I, Caleb did his thing, took it out in typical fashion. And uh, fortunately, the race came together for me, and I ended up winning the heat out of the C final. And – Due to like the qualifying criteria, no one, I don't think anyone else in the B final or A final was 18 and under. So I was the, no, I think there's two, Maxime, Rooney, and Grant Schultz were, I think, in the A or the B. Because um, Maxime had, a, yeah, Maxime had a phenomenal race. I think he set the junior world record at that nationals. But mm-hmm. bottom line is I qualified to go to Singapore that race. Um, the rest of the meet wasn't that great for me, but qualified in that race. I was thinking I was the first official, um, member of the team, uh, at that point, uh, that they had like told at least, or that they knew was going. Um, so that's when I met Mitch Dalton, um, that he's, he's the man, that bottom line. Um, I was very glad to be a part of his like first, uh, junior team. And that was his first junior trip as well as Jack Roach's last trip. And so that was that was really really special. Um, I know we had a quite a few talks, um, Mitch and I, and we we stay in talk in touch consistently still. Um, and I was beyond stoked to see him get the position at UT down in down in near part of the part of the country, Austin. So I was uh, I thought no better man for the job than Mitch Dalton. Um, and I only see great things for him there, but I was very fortunate to kind of start my relationship with him and, and Jack Roach as well. Um, kind of a changing and passing of the guard, if you may, passing of the torch for the junior, the junior level, I guess, 18 and under um, USA swimming for USA swimming. And that was, that was pretty special to be a part of, to see, 
to see those that those relationships between Jack and, and Mitch and what they were giving to the giving to the team we had at that time. So there were obviously for any junior world team, I'm sure there's going to be everyone on that team is going to be a stud. But again, it seemed like that group of people was pretty pretty special compared to like I don't. It's at least to me and my bias, obviously, but some of the best swimmers we have today, um, like Reese Whitley, Ryan Hoffer, Sean Grishop, Michael Jensen, Austin Katz. Um, and that's just the men's side. I think women's side was Claire Adams, Kennedy Lohman, um, uh, Lauren Case, like just to say, Beta Nelson, um, just to say a few. But um, I remember every single race was like, super exciting to watch. It was, it was very surreal. Um, to be on the relay uh, with Maxime Grant and Sean Grishop at night, um, I thought was a pretty big honor and privilege again. Because um, in the morning I was on it and I let off, and I think I even went slower than I did at nationals and prelims, which was already a bad swim. And so I was like, "Well, like Austin, Austin Katz was on the morning relay too, and I don't know if he." I think he beat me by like a 10th with a relay swing or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he had had the faster time. And in my mind, if you have the faster time, you go on to be the fastest relay. And so I guess since my performance at San Antonio had indicated that I would go faster by a pretty significant margin at night, they were kind of banking on that and that the coach had known me. So I remember I was Sean and I were two of the last people to get back to the hotel that day. And the head coach um, hops on the elevator, like stops in like dramatic fashion. Like you see in a movie, like holds the, <laughs> holds the door and gets in. Sure. And I'm like, sweet, here it comes. Like I'm going to be told that I'm not going to be on the relay. Like this kind of stings, but it is what it is. I want America out of the fastest relay they can. I help be a part of it and I'll be, I'll do better in the future. I know that I'll make sure of that. And so um the head coach looks at both of us and he's like just so you guys know uh sean you're gonna go third tonight and grant you're gonna anchor the relay <laughs> and so didn't expect to hear that um and then he got off on the elevator on his floor and then we went up to our floor and i was kind of freaking out because i didn't expect to be swimming that night um i'd done everything as if i was was going to be there because that's how i've been taught so fortunate for that but i remember um, I didn't sleep. I couldn't take my nap. I always mm-hmm. take a nap. Couldn't, couldn't sleep. Um, and I could just hear what my dad would always tell me if like, I always, I always napped, but he said, in case you ever didn't, um, rest is rest. As long as you're relaxing, you're recovering. And that's like all I could think about when I was in the bed. I was like, Oh, I can't nap like all oh, this, this. And I was like, but I'll be good for, I'll be good for tonight. And so we get to the pool and all that stuff. And, um, I think, uh, Maxime leads off then Grant and then Sean and I go, um, and that was the relay order. And, and I cannot say enough about Grant Schultz and Maxime. Um, they're huge mentors in life for me. They're huge confidants. Um, I think at the time Grant was more of that, I think towards me um the maxime and it's kind of flip-flopped a little bit but anytime i see them anytime i talk with them is with a lot of respect and i commend them as in the individuals they've become but 
they really helped me just kind of grasp the moment and be present with it and have fun with it. Um, to, I mean, I w- looking back, I wouldn't expect anything different from two Cali boys. Um, uh, but they uh, just provided a little comical relief for me. Um, a couple smiles, a couple laughs, some confidence. And, uh, I remember, I think the thing that finally like put me over the edge was I was like kind of spazzing out that I had to go pee before the race. And I was, we were in the ready room and we weren't allowed to leave. And I was like, Grant, I gotta go. And he's like, don't worry, dude, just, uh, hold it. And you'll, it makes you swim faster. I promise. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh sweet. Like again, like being naive as I was in the moment, like not thinking, I was like, Oh sweet. I'll just go faster. Cause I have to pee. So, um, I anchored and I, I, I think I anchored against at the time, Kyle Chalmers. Um, <laughs> So, and that was pretty funny as well too, because he had just raced Maxime in like the hundred and the 200 individually. And I saw those mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, like Maxime did this. I can do this. I want to do it. And, uh, I think I went in with like a two and a half or a couple, a good amount of lead. And I was like, I just, I want to make sure I maintain this. My goal was to maintain it, make sure nothing again did disqualify it and to dominate by as much as I could and to not be the slowest leg on the relay. And so touched the wall. Um, didn't know if I had accomplished that or not, but, um, knew we'd won, saw that we set the junior world record at the time, um, which I think stood for like two years. So I was kind of, I was kind of happy with that. Like there'd been a couple goes at it. Um, so that was like egotistically satisfying, I guess, or pridefully, <laughs> pridefully <laughs> satisfying. Um, and especially to see where all those guys are at now. Um, I, I think I was like the third the third fastest split on the on the relay so I just had I just beat one person but that was my goal and it was kind of like a moment where it really showed me how much your mental strength could be like I said I didn't want to be the like the slowest I wasn't I didn't lose the race I we finished by the same amount of time I think if not more than I went in with and uh, and like thanks to the guys who went before me like that wouldn't have been set up if, if that wasn't the case but that was a that was a really neat experience. I remember Jack Roach at the end saying a lot of the time, like he was saying is like this is his last hurrah with the junior team um, and that kind of like intimacy of going on the trips, being the head of the, of the program um, for United States Swimming and that he'd still be involved but was kind of taking a step down and, and be more involved with anything national team related more so. Um, but one thing that really stuck with me was that in our last meeting, they were giving out medals. And I remember Austin Katz, who was a part of the four by two, and I'm not sure who else was, but that morning they made a point to like give all the preliminary relay swimmers their medals first um, because the finals wouldn't have happened if they hadn't done their, their job in the morning, which I thought was a really neat, sentiment to to give to those athletes because i i know i've been in the spot and been a teammate or confidant for someone who feels like they don't contribute at all because they didn't make the finals relay and it's it's a hard conversation to have sometimes and perspective to shift but it is very valid like it it's a two-part it's a two-part event two-part series and they're just as a even though they might not be the culminating touch on the wall like we talked about earlier as well they were a, a vital part and and it all happening. So that was really neat. And getting to my point finally, as Jack said, a lot of times this is the pinnacle 
for some of some of the swimmers that come on these trips, whether you're 15, 14 as a guy or a girl, whether you're 18, um, about to go to college as a guy or a girl. He said, don't let this be the, the ending or the culminating portion of your career. He said, let this be the spark and the beginning of, of what you want to become and what it can become. He's like, don't let this, this experience be the limiting factor. He's like, you guys and girls all have the tools to go on and, and become Olympians. You all have the tools to go on and, and represent America proudly and other, other um, events internationally as well and your clubs and your universities in the future, your high schools as well. So take that with respect and take that forward and build off this, this foundation you have right now. And so coming from a school like St. X already two years into that, like hearing that from someone as renowned as coach Roach was like so profound to me and something that really helped me be a leader moving forward for St. X for my club team. Um, I was probably a better leader for my, for St. X than my club team, but it just, it was, it flowed better. It flowed easier. And, um, but that was, that was a really neat experience, especially um, having Mitch and, and being kind of a continual sentiment throughout all these meets and throughout time, not losing them. Or if I needed to call coach Roach a couple times, like in the next year um, I did Mitch would check in. I was on the, junior team as well, um, which like the national national camp, I think the, the year before 2015, actually. Um, so that was that was really neat to, to have that experience in 2015 in Singapore. It was definitely um, one that I don't take for granted. And it's pretty surreal. I think occasionally if it comes up in like a memory, I think the last three years or so, Grant Schultz, Maxime, and Sean and I had like a, a group chat that we sent like a picture in right when we, we took it. And it'll like pop up on a memory and we'll kind of like send it to each other. Like, Hey, I hope you guys are doing well. So that's a cool, that's a cool group to have. I mean, I talk with Maxime almost every day and, and Sean and Grant whenever I see them and reach out when I'm thinking of them, but it's a cool sentiment to be able to, to share with those guys. And, and one that makes me smile a lot for sure. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, then, uh, let's move on to kind of where you're at now. You know, you, you go to Arizona state, um what has your experience there been like maybe can you talk us through you know the process of of taking an olympic red shirt and then and and how you're doing you know through this quarantine period yeah yeah so i think after that it was kind of just after 2015 it was kind of just gearing up for um what at the time was olympic trials and then also pushing forward into my recruiting process and uh Everything for me was just like really geared towards swimming. Um, St. X is very prestigious academically, but I, I kind of could handle that. I felt like that was easy to do with discipline. Um, not that the schoolwork was easy, but just staying disciplined and on top of things was good. But um, 2016 Olympic trials was pretty rough for me. Um, not my finest moment by any means, but it helped, I think, catapult a learning curve that was almost exponentially raised after that um, and really made me value looking for a college that saw me as a whole person and a whole individual and, and really changed my recruiting direction. I think quite, uh, quite drastically from where I was looking, where I, who I was talking with, how much interest I was showing to certain places um, and valuing it more as who can, 
who can I become as Grant House rather than who can I become as the swimmer only. And I'm very, very grateful to have that, I guess, learning opportunity um, or realization after the fact. But coming to college, I think it was ultimately between um, University of Texas, UT, uh, Queens University in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Arizona State. So um, my brother um, was at Purdue for two years and then transferred to Queens University um, for the remainder of his time. And that's where I kind of had interest with them. I'd gone down there a couple times, a couple weekends, conferences. Uh, I'd gone down there for like a week to stay with him and I got to train with like Swim Mac. Uh, and that was really neat. So I met some of his friends again, hung out with them met some people down at swim Mac. Um, and that was just a great, a great environment there again, so welcoming and opening to me. Um, even though I wasn't, I mean, Kyle was the, the guy there, he was the main guy. And, and so they still welcomed me with open arms as if I was all their younger brothers and, um, parts of their family. So I was very appreciative of that. And that sentiment carried very far into my recruiting, um, process even. Uh, but when I, ultimately chose to come to Arizona state, very difficult decision. Um, just because all three schools were so phenomenal in my eyes. Um, but when I got here, I remember coming on the trip and I left and I was like, this is, this is the place. And, uh, I just, the, the community was so open, so kind. So, um, again, so welcoming, uh, to me, so for someone who didn't know anyone, but one person out here, um, really Christian Lorenz, I grew up with him in Indiana swimming and he was a big factor in me coming out here. Um, talking to me at 2016 Olympic trials as well as Patrick park. Um, but those guys were, were two people that kind of shared at the time. I didn't realize this, but the, the sense of what everyone else out there is like. And, and so coming into ASU, I was really excited, obviously the, or not obviously, but the year before they'd had a, a very improved year. And I was hoping to add on to that um, my first year and continue that trend um, that I watched in person at IPY for their for the national championship. I was able to go up there because I lived like an hour and a half away. So yeah. being the swim nerd that Kyle and I are, we were like, well, we got to We got to go. We got to go see it. And that was a, a renowned and historical um, meet itself too that year um will cone and his 200 brush stroke i think it was like 147 um and i mean in classic iapy fashion it doesn't disappoint either so <laughs> yeah uh, i think there was a tie for 200 i am at the time um but there was just it was just amazing swim after amazing swim and it was really cool to see um friends you had known um role models you looked up to uh my mentor at my zone select camp uh, Olivia Smaliga. Um, we actually had gone up, actually we had gone up the week before to watch women's NCAAs one day of it. And then the next week we went to go see men's NCAAs. But I remember I got to like see Olivia swim cause she was, and she was my mentor like 2013 at my zone select camp. So it was cool to see, um, her as like a friend and as like a role model. And, uh, and then now as a peer too, um, but it was cool to see Arizona state, uh, the men at that meet do so, so well in person and be like, okay, like this is where I'm going to be next year. I'm going to be down there on the deck contributing. And so that whole first year was, was pretty challenging being away from home a little bit. 
um, at first, just it was different. Um, I didn't go home at the end of the day to see my family. Um, they were 1,500 miles away, or that's the, the distance I kind of say now at least. Um, but that was like the vague and general distance that I knew. And so it quickly became home to me and just the family environment um, that I was, I was really fostered in out here. And, and that's from Coach Bowman, um, Derek Schmidt, uh, also at, at the time, Coach, uh, Coach Kessler, Dan Kessler, and Coach Mike Joyce as well. Um, and then I was kind of formed my relationship later in the summer with uh, Coach Rachel Stratton Mills. And it was really neat to be out there um, at the same time as my brother, um, cause he was in the MBA program getting his, uh, getting his, his, his degree, furthering his degree, his graduate degree in, um, in school. And so he had, I guess, received a scholarship offer from ASU, um, the MBA program for a full ride for two years, their program length and my whole family. And this is something I, I'm very appreciative of too, and think is really neat is, my whole family knew about this. My whole family knew Kyle was going to Arizona state um, and he was going to be a Sun Devil, but no one told me um, at any point. And so they, but the sentiment was that they didn't want me, they knew how much Kyle and I meant to each other, at least Kyle meant to me and, and they knew how influential he was. And if I had had that information, like there's no doubt in my mind, it would have been one track my mind at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, so they kind of withheld that from me, which I don't, I don't, um, disagree with at all. Um, I'm very appreciative that they did, that they got, they let me kind of choose that decision unbiasedly because I would kind of fallen into my parents, like coaching when I was younger, I kind of went to the club team because my mom was there and it was a better opportunity again. Um, and then St. X was, was like my choice too, but they kind of were like, Hey, like, what do you think about this? Brought it to me. But the college, the college recruiting process was something that I finally like really got to make a decision on for me that was ultimately solely my decision and my, my selection. Um, Cause my mom, I think my mom and dad had uh, told me one day, they're like, you know what, when you go to bed and when you wake up and go to morning practice in the morning, she's like, it's, you need to be somewhere where you're going to be you're not going to dread that. You're not going to dread getting up in the morning and going. She's like, that's something to think about, like where you're going to be happiest and where you're going to enjoy um, going to bed and waking up every morning. And that was something that I kind of carried with every trip. And I think it's true for anyone looking for a school, honestly. Um, but when I, when I committed to ASU, Kyle that night um, gave me like a hug and he's like, well, it looks like we're going to be together for two more years. So I was excited about that. That was nice to have him out here. Um, he was, uh, we were both each other's, I guess, like kind of him more for me as safety net. We weren't a crutch by any means, but it was always nice to know, like if I was dealing with something or if I just needed a different environment. Um, I mean, we live like two miles away from each other. So I would just bike to his apartment. Um, and I could, I could get a, a good meal. Um, whether it be him buying it for me <laughs> or, um, us cooking together or him cooking or maybe me cooking one night. Um, and so that was a nice, nice to just have that there for each other, I think, especially maybe more so than I realized Kyle's first year. Um, but then his second year, he really like came into his own in a different life that I'd ever seen him before and got to see him. And I, I really 
enjoyed that and that made me happy. Um, but my first, my first year was very, very enjoyable. The seniors I had that year, Reed Elliott, Christian Lorenz, Patrick Park, Andrew Porter for the men's side. Um, I mean, they, they meant the world to me. They helped me, they helped guide me along and helped directed me and, um, my just educated me on the daily, um, whether it was humbling me on the daily, whether it was um, helping me improve on the daily, whatever it was, I felt like each of them benefited me and helped me become a better person each day in and out of the pool. Um, so much just so that like, even now on my podcast, um, I've been trying to get interviews with all of them and just kind of sharing their stories as a way to give back to them and give a little bit of insight of what they meant to me to, I guess the, anyone else who listens to it, of course, but um, just like a way to kind of thank them and uh, for all they've, they've done for me and continue to do for me. But the end of that season, uh, it was in Minnesota, and that definitely did not go the way we had hoped um, in many ways. Um, we had a couple individual individual swimmers disqualified, um, we had races disqualified. Our relays didn't perform as well as we had hoped. Um, our pack tools was pretty pretty solid. It was pretty good for me. Um, I got switched out of some events right before the meet, which I wasn't too like enthused about. But I my bottom line was wherever the team needs me, and that's what I'd said all season. So um, I kind of made that bed, and I knew I had to sleep in it. So that was fine with me. Um, unfortunately, I didn't perform as well as I wanted to for the team in those events, but nonetheless, I, I still did contribute points and still did step up when I needed to in those instances. Um, and then on to NCAAs, wasn't the best performances for our team, but still um, there were steps in the right direction and in some aspects. We got a couple team records. Um, I swam, I improved my time, even if just marginally. I finaled, and I think it was like, in the B final as well for the 200 freestyle. Um, so not as, not as luxurious as I envisioned, but learning for sure. And realizing the whole season was just realizing these are, it's not just a, a big fish and, a, and I don't consider Ohio a small pond, but it's a big fish in a, in a, in a big pond of, uh, of sharks. So um, you quickly realize that in dual meets, uh, but it's a different level when you get to conference and NCAA. And um, there's nothing really you can do except rise to the occasion or crumble. And when, you, when you're in that moment, and definitely realizing it for me, um, was the first night of the 800 free relay where I had the fastest split on the relay of the team. Cameron Craig and I, um, I think we're like a, a tenth or two apart. Um, but to be so inconsequential – in regards to the entire like heat or the meat, I think as I swung to go in second, I had heard uh, like new American record Blake Peroni or <laughs> there's someone I, I forget who whoever led off that relay it was yeah, IU, I think it was I, blank yeah I think it was IU and NC State and NC State I think still has the record from that yeah that, yeah that that meat which was just insane but. I mean, I went in and I, I heard that and I, that was exciting for me to hear, but I was like, I, I wasn't aware of what was going on besides me other than swimming as best I can and beating the guy next to me. But, and like looking back on it, like there's, 
no one looking at lane eight, like other than our team. And there's nothing that we could do to change that. Like it was ample amount of time off, if not a whole bot, like a whole length. Yeah. And so I think for me, that was like the realizing factor of like, wow, like this is the real deal. Like this is, I mean, Bob says it all the time. This is arguably even like Olympic gold medalists have hard, hard times at NCAAs. Like this is the fastest, fastest meet in the world. Um, obviously the Olympics had their spot, but I mean, you get to the NCAA championships and you're, you're seeing Olympians struggle to make a final struggle to make it back. And it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, but it is, it is eye opening and, and that kind of catapulted fueled maybe a frustration fueled a fire in me that summer to where I just put my head down and, and went and it paid huge dividends. Um, I was just motivated every day. I was on, just on a different level than I'd ever operated before. After seeing that, I, I wanted to see if I could get to that level, whether I did or didn't, I just had to find out. And so I think there's no better person to welcome that than Bob, um, at least to that mentality. And uh, there was definitely days where it got, I got pretty fiery with, with some of my teammates and coaches, but I think they, they understood that it was just because I was trying to figure that out, trying to learn, learn a little bit. Um, so Bob always makes the analogy of me, like, like burning a candle. There's like different, different kind of colors and hues on a candle and you can't always burn at the, at like the middle. You can't always burn at the brightest, the white, like a white flame. And uh, that's something I'm definitely like still learning through and whatnot. But that was that summer I really understood how to train and how to perform and not just be kind of a swimmer, but be an elite performer. And uh, it's still kind of an ongoing joke that I'm just a water polo player who swims. But um, it uh, that was one that was the summer where they kind of all acknowledged like, oh, he's finally starting to look like a swimmer. So I, and I, I think it's a true testament of, of just like I really came into my own that summer. I remember there was there's one week where it's just like the mornings were just relentless. So I think it was like we averaged like 8,000 meters in the morning um, going double, single, double, single, double. And then that week was, that was just the one week. Um, And then we, we left for Colorado Springs like the next, a week week later or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was like building up to that big point. So when we got to Colorado, we could just get down performing and we had the base, we had the foundation, and up there was just how can you perform and race the best in the in that environment. And so, when I was up there, um, like I'm I'm beyond grateful, and I I think it was like one of the coolest spots I could ever be in. I the, a couple of the guys from Georgia came up: Nick Fink, uh, Pace Clark, Jay Lulin, Kevin Lulin, um, Chuck Cadis was actually there at the time. Um, Kevin Cordes was there too. Um, we had, uh, Rasuke Rie come and train with us, which was pretty, that was insane. <laughs> um, there's, there's a couple other girls I think I'm missing. Um, but, uh, Allison Schmidt was up there. Um, and then we had our Arizona state squad. So it was kind of funny. Like we were kind of like the bottom of the barrel, uh, the, the actual like ASU guys and girls. Um, but we, I, what I loved is like every day we came there to, try to prove ourselves to the older people or, or the, the older 
Georgia guys or maybe not prove ourselves, but like, Hey, I'm here. I can race and I'll, I'll do what it like I need to take to like beat you. Mm-hmm. And I think that kept them honest too and pushed them harder. And uh, was it a good energy? But every day, like every single lap, I would, I would have a race and a challenge and just an opportunity to learn. Um, and I think that was huge for me. And that was ultimately um, Connor Dwyer was also there. He was a role model for me growing up. And uh, it was neat. Like I, I remember vividly one practice with one of my roommates, Liam Brissett. It was Liam, Connor, me. And uh, we were just going at it. 50s. I think we had, I'm not sure if we had suits on or not, but um, just repeat 50s. I think one of the more renowned set for Bob, the, the Grant Hackett set. Um, and so I, I, they told me they're like this, the GH set. And so I, I love that set. I, I think it's great, um, especially in that environment what, of like. What is the set? So the set, um, it goes 1650s straight into 1250s to 850s to 450s. Mm-hmm. So the six the 1650s long course, I think it's the same cycle as long course and short course, but um, long course, it's 1650s on a 45. Every fourth is um, fast, max effort. Okay. And then you go into 1250s on a 50 second cycle every third fast. Mm-hmm. And then 850s on a 55 every other fast. <laughs> and then culminating to um, 450s all fast on a minute um, for freestyle, backstroke, and butterfly. Breaststroke, I think, is like a little slower. Um, okay. But the. I guess the little, the pro, the pro trick or uh, advice is to realize that at the end of the set, there is uh, there's five in a row. It's not just four in a row. It's right. it subtly, subtly creeps up on you if you're not paying attention. But that practice, um, I was racing Connor and Liam. I think Liam won the first one and that, that pissed Connor off. Um, cause, cause Liam and I kind of, both beat him, but Liam, like Liam smacked me and he woke, that was like my smack to wake up. And, um, so Bob kind of like got in, got into it with us after he saw that, like, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like the realization of like Liam and I are here to go today or what. But after that, it was just like each, each rep, like even the easy was a little bit faster after that. <laughs> and, uh, that was just so fun for me to be swimming against one of my role models, one of my best friends, roommates now, um and just just getting a lot of work and and learning what that level is like even when you're hurting so bad i think like the air the air circulation wasn't working the vents were closed the fans weren't on that day or something so we're already at altitude and the air is already like enough of an issue um but it's like not circulating it's super stale and there's like this one point um where liam and I mean, we were telling Bob about it, but there's nothing he can do. No, there's nothing any of us can do. And that was like a moment of, all right, we're here. We just got to deal with it. And I remember like Connor and I were kind of talking back and forth, like chirping at each other. And he like made something, something about uh, a complaint about the air, which was valid, but there's no point in doing it after a certain point. I was like, I'm done. I'm done complaining. Like I need to get my oxygen on the wall. Mm-hmm. and uh i definitely barked something at him i was like it doesn't like effing matter or something like this or like get over it drama queen or something like that 
And so that just like fueled the fire on that too. And so we just started even after that, just kind of trading blows. But afterwards, he, like uh, after the set, um, we like ate together and we talked and he was like super impressed. And that was very profound for me. And he, he just like, that was, that was a very, very neat and uh, surreal experience in that. And later on in the camp, we had another one where uh, it was a set where I think Connor had gone home at that point because um, he had already been up there for like a week and a half before us, I think. Mm-hmm. And so he had gone back. And so it was just me um, and and obviously the ASU people and, and some Georgia guys too. But uh, all I remember is just me, Bob and I. That's all I remember in this like one instance. And it was uh, another one of Bob's favorite sets. It's my favorite set. Um, I think it's called KDS, Kick, Drill, Swim. Um and so you just kick a 50 with a board. On a, it's all on a 130. And then you drill a 50 on a 130. Mm-hmm. And then you get out or stand, depending on what the, the deal is that day. And you go 50 as fast as you possibly max out. And we had suits on that day, too. Bob told us to suit up. And we did KDS. So I'm like, this is, like, is going to be sweet. I get to race. I get my suit on. I get my favorite set. Like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And so the first one, I, the first fast one I I did. All right. It was like around my best time. And Bob like kind of lays into me. He's like, you did this time last week, like pushing, like, this is like, you need to be out like in this in your 200, this isn't going to cut it. And so I was like, I thought that was pretty good. And I kind of got mad too. And so I didn't talk to him for like a couple. And, and then after that, the next one, like I was like on a mission. I was like, if that wasn't good enough, like I'll show you good enough. And so every single one after that was a best time for me. Not, not just like in that practice, like a best 50 freestyle time ever. (laughs) And it just kept going down and down and down and down. And to this point where like, it was getting like really intense and and Bob was staying on me and and pushing me and like helping me get there. And I kind of like blew up on him afterwards. I was like, well, like this is the best I have. And uh, afterwards we like kind of talked and he's like, Hey, like great job. I only pushed you cause I know you could do it. And like, you didn't, you didn't show that at first and I know, and you need to cause you deserve to. Um, so that was like another moment where I was like, I'd never performed to that level before. And as we were closing the camp, um, I was like, I can do something really special this summer. And so we Wait, went so, back. So what did you end up getting down to in, in this 50s? I think I, I think I ended up at the time getting down to like a 23, four or five um, at the, at the time. And I never even broke a 24 or five in my 53 before at that <laughs> point. Um, I mean, sprinting long course was not my forte. Um, I mean, short course, I said I went a 19 seven my freshman year, but um, didn't really get back to that for a while. Um, that's that like sprinting prowess. And, uh, and so that, that day I remember I got down to like a new best time, by like almost a second and a half, like 23, four or something. And, um, and so coming back down from altitude, we have, uh, like our week at, at home and before nationals, I think it's like, it's like 16 days before. And we get to like Saturday and Bob had told us we were going to suit up. And we were going to go fast, which are my two favorite words in a sentence. <laughs> um, and so 
I was really excited for that day and it was going to be a 200, a 100 and or 150 and a 100 and every single, and I just had NCAAs too, like three or four months prior. So I had like relevant times. Mm-hmm. And I remember that day was, that was like the, the final piece where maybe it was, maybe it gave me overconfidence, but I think I performed the nationals to what I had earned and what I had worked for. Um, again, like maybe it wanted to do better in some aspects, but, um, I've always been a little greedy. Uh, but that practice, I think the 200, I went faster than I did at NCAAs. I went under 133. Um, Liam was like right there with me. The 100, I went the best time in the 100. Um, it, uh, I, oh, I think we had, we had gone to, uh, yeah, and then the, the 150, I don't know. It was like, it was good. I don't, I don't know if times are good or <laughs> yeah. not for 150. Um, but actually, now that I remember it, the week before was the, Columbus Pro Series meet. I, mm-hmm. I, I forgot that. That was um, kind of like the tune-up before Nationals. And in the morning, I did kind of poorly in the four free, or at least that's what it like felt like I did. Um, I, I was kind of like a little pumped about it because it was like my fastest four free in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coaches and some of the swimmers were like, dude, what the heck? Like that, you're way better than that. So – at finals, I just kind of – Bob told me, he's like, he's like, you have the green light. He's like, I'm – nothing – he's like, I just want you to take it out. He's like, that's all I care about. I don't care about the final time. He's like, just trust yourself, trust the training, and just take it out. And so that's kind of like a saying we have for me now is like, green light is like, just just go. I mean, it's, it's simple, but um, – it's just something I think about to that time. And, and I was, I was like, all right, Bob, I'll take it out. And he's like, if you don't go out in the 26 or faster, I'm not watching your race. And so sure as heck, like I was out in like a 26, two and the 400 free and went like a best time by like two seconds after coming down from altitude being broken down and um, performing really well there. And then, uh, and then the rest of me was just like that. I mean, it was best times that I haven't gone since, I mean, that 2015 season when I did really well. Um, and then after my 200 freestyle, I'd gone and done like, I mean, I think in Columbus, I went on 148. And so I swam against Zane Grothy at that, and I got third at the Pro Series. And I remember afterwards in the warm down, Zane came and found me. And this is kind of where our like friendship started, I guess you could say. But he was like, dude, that was so cool. Like, he was very very supportive of me. Um, he had, he had ran me down, um, just, just tracked me down on the last lap and uh, out touched me by a good amount. But he's like, dude, if you're doing whatever my time was a 49 or 48, you're doing that right now. Like I'm, he's like, dude, I'd be scared. I'm scared in uh, July or August, whenever nationals were. <laughs> um, so that was a huge motivating factor. And, and at the time he's like, yeah, you're going to go like a 140, a 146, uh, eight, eight or something at nationals. I was like, dang, like, that's pretty cool. All right. Um, so that was like another level of belief I gained in myself too. And then after the, the meet went great, it was my best meet in years, especially long course. And, and then after that, we went back, we did a racing at the end of that week, short course, like I spoke about, and that was exciting. And that was kind of the final moment where I was just like, this summer's going to be, it's going to be good. I'm going to make, I know it is. And so nationals went great. 
Um, ended up going a 146.9 in my 200 freestyle. Um, I was in the, I think I was in the B final, which I was very upset of myself about. Um, there wasn't any reason to be upset, um, really, because I hadn't done what it, I needed to in the morning. Uh, I had dropped a second and a half in my best time in the 200 freestyle um, in the morning, and that was by far probably even still to date my best preliminary swim ever. And um, it just, like, wasn't good enough, and that really made me upset. Like, my best was not so good enough. And that year was like exceptionally fast. I, I believe in my opinion. Um, and so like a one forty eight Oh got me like 16. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was on an outside lane and I honestly don't remember being in the little ready room walking out. I don't remember hearing the whistle blowing. Um, I just remember getting in my lane, patting my block down, taking a breath. And then like we were going, like it felt very rushed, but, um, that was one of my best swims of the meet, 146.9. Um, I think I got fifth overall, maybe. Uh, fifth or sixth overall. Um, won the B final. Maxine was in it again, too. So that was like added motivation to have a friend there and, and wanting to beat each other. I think we were right next to each other. And um, and then the rest of the meet just kind of carried on with that. Uh, the next day was the 400 freestyle. And I was pretty maybe high on my horse after the 200 freestyle and, and after the Columbus 400 and I, I got given the green light again. And so taper taper grant plus green light um, is a lethal combo sometimes for myself, <laughs> but I, I didn't know it until after the fact um, when I just, just completely shut down at the end. Uh, still the best time by like a second and a half, but at the 150 mark, I was at the 100. I was a second plus under world record pace, <laughs> um, um, and then at the 50, I think I was like right there. But then, like after the 150, it, it took a hard nosedive, and um, <laughs> I remember Bob like beelined over to me after the race because he I he could tell I was going to be pretty bombed, even though I won the best time. And he's like, "Well, you uh, you put it out there. You made sure you leave it in the pool." And so that was like, I think a really defining moment for like the relationship between Bob and I, because I was so like upset with myself. And if he had been like, what were you doing? Like, I think things would have not gone the way the rest of the meet, but I was just so grateful to have someone be so proud that I like gave it my best effort. Maybe not the smartest way, but I definitely gave it my best effort. And that was really cool sentiment from all the coaches as well. And, uh, let me kind of like you know 400 i didn't make it back i know i could have swam it faster and swam it better or swam it better to go faster but i didn't and i just had to deal with that and move on to the next thing so did everything uh i needed to do to recover moved on to the next day and i think that was 200 im i dropped like two seconds um in that event so that whole summer i think i started out at like a 205 um, and then every meet, every single meet I swam after that, I got faster, um, which was pretty surreal. I actually, after the first, after the first, uh, the first meet, um, in the morning at some, at Mesa, I had gone like really slow and like, <laughs> like two, like two fourteen, two fifteen, 15 or something like that. And 
then at night, I, I think I started pretty decent. I forget the time, but I, it was almost the best time. And then just throughout the season, it just slowly trickled away like 205 0, 204, 202 high, 202 low, and then at pre, and prelims at nationals, 200. And then at finals at nationals, 2003. So I wanted to break two minutes so bad, but um, didn't have it in the tank that day. So um, I remember I was super pumped because I had, I got to race Will Cone. He was in the lane next to me. He was a big guy at Texas that I, I mean, I'd, I'd said I'd watched and he was a big reason I was almost ended up at Texas. And, and then almost like a, I mean, I could go on a whole another tangent about Carson Foster, um, but we're, I mean, he's like a younger brother that I never had. Um, and so our relationship is, I mean, on the daily communication, communicating, but um, got to race with him. Um, Luca, I don't have, I don't know him the best, but we always talk at meets. Um, and obviously I respect uh, what he's able to do and what he's capable of, but that was a fun heat to race in a way, a good way to end the meet. Um, wanted to break two minutes, but I was like, well, I improved five seconds in a summer. I was like, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I guess uh, moving on to, to now, that kind of had my motivation sparks uh, kind of towards NCAAs in my sophomore year. It, uh, it again, wasn't as I had envisioned, but it was a lot better. Um, Pac-12s was uh, great performances for me, kind of some new grounds. I started the 200 breaststroke at Pac-12s. Um, so that was fun. That was, again, just where the team needed me. Um, should have started the 100 freestyle that year, but uh, so be it. Um, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a call Bob and I had had. It was just like, what do you want to swim today or tomorrow? 200 breaststroke or 100 freestyle? I was like, um, I'll swim what you need me to do, Bob. He's like, no, what does Grant House want to swim? He's like, we're either way we need help. So like, which is, which is best. And I was like, I'll do the 200 breaststroke. And then, and then we saw the preliminary times in the hundred freestyle and I would have been like second seed or something. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well, but it was still fun. It was a be- it was best times the whole meet, um, which I mean is a rarity in our sport again. And, um, and then NCAAs went, went better. Um, still learning at that meet, but it was better, um, more exciting for our team. Um, was all American top eight in our four, four free relay again. So the last, the last event. So went out on a positive note because the year before, um, I didn't, ASU didn't even get the chance to swim again. We didn't even finish the meet technically. Um, the last day we had no finalist, um, in Minnesota, our four free, we had scratched everyone who was in the hundred free to try to make it back top eight. And then we didn't even make it back. And our backstroker, Zach Cody, had um, miraculously made NCs and been at NCs with mono. Um, okay. and, and still almost, like, uh, I think he was in B final or something. Still in, like, a 140 with mono. Like, that – he's one of the craziest swimmers I've ever met, like, just talent-wise and performance-wise, honestly. Um, most – I think I'll award him most underrated swimmer in the world, but – um, that's my bias, of course. Uh, but the next year it was, it was a lot better. And, uh, basically the summer, summer was pretty challenging. It was a little different. We had construction on our pool. Um, so we were up at Colorado Springs, um, for a long time, eight weeks total. Um, I think it was like eight and a half with travel. Um, and so that wasn't the best. Um, that was definitely way too long for me. 
um, speaking personally, but we didn't really have another option. Mm -hmm. Um, the only other, the only other situation we had was going to like some pool, um, like 30 minutes away from me. Um, and we had pool time starting at 5 15 AM and we had it till like seven 30, I think. Um, or seven or seven fifteen. I don't know. Yeah. It was like very, very odd hours. Um, very early hours. So I had to get up at like four 30 to get like my stuff together, um, get food. And then because we weren't an ASU, I had to go drive and pick up two, two teammates so they could get to practice. Um, Zach Pody was one of them. Cody Vivey was another, but I had a car out here. So I had to drive them. We just, it was just a pretty big, not, it was, yeah, I would say a hassle um, to do what we came here to do, but it was just the not the most ideal circumstances, but I love the pool. It made me think of like club swimming. Um, like when I was 10, um, very like while everyone was complaining, I was smiling. I loved it. I, it, it was very reminiscent for me. Um, yeah. but that, that summer was pretty hard, pretty challenging, but it was just trying to prepare as well as I can to represent the United States as proudly as I could. Um, with, uh, world university games and then Pan American Games as well. So that was a really neat experience for me. Um, and just preparing for that and learning how to how to prepare for those types of meets, especially having someone like Allison Schmidt there to help me along, um, Bob as well. Um, so that, that summer was a little different, and I guess transitioning into this year, um, I, I'd kind of been seeing it for a little bit, but I, I was like, well, if I qualified for these meets being in school, then I was like, I, I think I'd probably be better. And I, if I could spend more time focusing on that and it would just be exponential. And so the fall was really great. Like it was, I was training um, strength wise in the pool to a level that I, I didn't know I could, um, especially endurance wise. And I felt like it was just this huge like summit and we were just going to come down when like, not, not taper in February, but like, start performing at a different capacity with more intensity into the summer. I was like, if I have this base now, then I, I, I'll be able to do what I need to do when it, the time counts. Um, and so in the fall, um, I've kind of, kind of kept this under wraps a little bit, but I actually, um, suffered two stress fractures in my, the right side of my rib. Um, and so that was just from like overworking, I guess that, I mean, they said it was a stress fracture and that's what that is overtraining and a very uncommon place for swimmers. Um, but I wasn't increasing my training load, the load on my body. I was recovering and sleeping more, but, um, I guess not enough. Uh, so I was in like the weight room doing an exercise and just like different forces at different times and something gave, um, done it hundreds if not thousands of times, uh, that exercise, but just, body didn't want to move in a certain way that day. So that kind of put things on a very big speed bump for me mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't acknowledge it at first. I, I, we finished up that workout that day. It was on a Saturday and then I just felt like I had the wind knocked out of me. I wasn't thinking anything too serious had happened. And the next day I went in to do open swim at our pool and I couldn't do, I'll say three and a half of the, of the strokes because I could breathe to my left side on freestyle. Um, 
with pain, but the others, the other three just felt like someone was jabbing a pencil into my, into my sternum and my chest, um, as hard as they could. And, uh, and so I went into our trainers and whatnot and we kind of tried to deal with it a little bit, but it just wouldn't subside. And the next week, um, I, I had to start getting out of boss practices. Like, Bob, I, I can't, I can't do this today. Like I, I'm trying as much as I can, but I think I'm, I'm harming myself at this point. And so that's when Bob kind of stepped in and we got x-rays and MRIs and they revealed like the double stress fracture. Um, so it kind of provided some reasoning. And then because of the Olympic year, uh, at least in my mind, I didn't think I could afford time off. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, I knew if I couldn't, um, if I couldn't swim with my upper body, I was going to swim as much as I could with my lower body. So I kicked for four weeks and the water only kicking. Uh, I only did lower body in the weight room, lower body and left arm stuff in the weight room. Um, and then biking too in the, in the weight room, uh, after practices that I get out of, um, after I reached my like, like limit or my threshold for the day from the coaches. So that went on for a little bit. Then we started slowly reintegrating me back into swimming full-time and strength stuff. Um, and then went to U, uh, U.S. Open and at Georgia Tech. That was pretty underwhelming for me. Um, I guess it was, it was just my first competition back, but I want to be competing with when I see people going fast. I want to be up there with them because that's where I want to be. Um, but it was getting back to getting back to shape, getting back to form. And then by the end of December – I was, uh, I was back to full training, um, with only like marginal hiccups here or there. And I was, I was glad to be back. Um, and so we kind of continued on and I went to a meet in January, uh, at Knoxville. And that was in my mind, even, even worse than the U S open. Um, I think I was just so broken down at that point, which is fine. Um, if the, if the peak is at Olympic trials, which it should be. Um, but after that, it was like, even for me who doesn't typically swim like that, that fast in season broken down um, was very like a very like bad. And so after that, Bob and I talked and he's like, we, we got to make some changes. He's like, it might be, might be in like in your mind, like a risk, but he's like, I think this is going to help a lot. So after that, that meet, I got moved to sprint squad um, with Herbie beam. Um, and that was my first time ever like actually doing sprint work other than like racing, which I think is the ultimate sprint work, but um, like specified um, individualized and like geared towards just finding a new maximal output for me. And that was really helpful for me, especially after the fall of having the injury, um, having like the disappointing meets back to back and really like realign my mental state and emotional state with the sport of swimming again. Um, and just for my own personal health, um, I'm a big advocate of mental health and well-being, and uh, it was it was different to be on the other side of that, not the uh, the happy-go-lucky guy and the guy could you could go to for um, confident conversations and and just to talk and for me to be just there to listen, but uh, to be on the other side of that for one of the the few times. So um, working through that, I went to Des Moines. Uh, went a best time in my 50, went a best time in my 100, went a best time, um, a second, my second best time ever in the 200 IM, like by a hundredth. Um, 
second best time ever in the hundred fly best time in like a year in the 200 freestyle. And I was competing and I was racing these guys who I thought I should be and who I want to be. And ultimately, I mean, beating, but, um, or I ultimately want to be beating, but I was finally competing back to where I thought I should be my expectation, I guess, if you may, but where I wanted to be, where my desire was and, and going in the way that I could, even if it was a couple tens here, there faster, it was faster. And that's huge for me. Um, so that kind of put us back into Tempe and, and then things started happening with quarantine. Um, I kind of ended things, uh, in a relationship around that time, uh, about a month before too. Um, so like going into quarantine, I was kind of already like going from a relationship where it's a couple and then, um, kind of going into solitude or like more to myself. And then in quarantine, it's like definitely like solitude. So it was honestly, I think it was a good combination. Um, I was really con- like not concerned, but I was like, dang, this is going to be rather unfortunate um, combo here. But it forced me into a level of introspection that I never thought I could get at with having swimming and maybe don't know if I think once we get back into it, I'll, I want to do my best to maintain what I've been doing this during this period of reflection and, and growth and mental mental development. Um, but that's really what has helped me in this time. Um, mature and develop so much is having that solitude that introspection I think I had a little different little different experience than most people my age too I think that's going back to the initial conversation of having the older peer group so being in kind of that that field rather than my maybe like a typical 21 year old Um, but I had people like Brad Tandy here I had people Giles Smith Allison Schmidt Haley Flickinger um, Amy Bilquist uh, Peyton Sorensen as well, um, and Bob, of course, and Herbie. So, I mean, the list goes on and on of, of these people who, I mean, Allison, Brad, Giles, they're 28, 29, um, almost into their 30s. So more towards like what, my, what I've grown up with, um, my brother, my sister, um, Haley and uh, Ab, uh, Amy, a little, a little younger, um, more towards their mid-20s, but they had so much perspective and so much more experience than I had had even thus far that each day, I mean, I remember Giles saying like, yeah, there's no way trials are happening. And I was like, okay, guy, like, sure. Like, like, you know, like no way, no way this is going to happen. And each day after that, we kind of like talked a little bit more about it. We see some in the news, talk it over. So three weeks later, they ended up canceling trials. And obviously we know now the Olympic trials and, the Olympics postponed. So, um, and to be decided if that, that, that day will even come next year, um, at this point. Um, but because of those individuals, um, I honestly feel forever grateful for, not just because of that, but for what they've given me the last year since joining, being on this journey with them, um, is just a more sound perspective of it's going to be okay. We will, this too shall pass. And all we can do is control the controllables of ourselves um, and move to each day and, and give our best effort. Cause once the decision came that they were, they were canceled it, in my mind, it was like, well, why? Like there's, there's a lot of people who are probably just like, well, why are we even training? And, and to me, it was just became more relaxed environment, honestly, like rather than um, I guess for the direct postponement it was rather than two months away, three months away, it was, 15, 16 months away. It's like, okay, can kind of calm down a little bit. Um, 
but each day at practice, because fortunately we were able to practice like a, there was like a swim swim article about it, but like we were able to practice pretty far, like two and a half weeks in, like after most were done or three weeks, which was very fortunate, but Arizona was just in a good spot, I think <laughs> geographically and everything out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, being in the pro group that you're not attached to the college team, because if I would have been, um, I wouldn't have been able to, to do what I did. Um, and so taking the Olympic, the Olympic waiver kind of served a lot of unforeseen benefits. Um, I didn't uh, not expel, but use a year of eligibility. Um, I, I still retained two more years of competitive um, athletic eligibility, academic ability, while some other people or anyone else who didn't doesn't get to, unfortunately, because of the NCAA's rulings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also able to train even after that too, in a, in a more structured manner. But every practice after that was like, I told, I tell Herbie and Bob, like, it's just meditation. I'm not coming to practice today. Like I'm coming to be in a meditative environment and improve. Like it just, it was so peaceful. It was surreal almost like the, it felt like the world was stopping when we got in that pool. Cause you didn't think about COVID. You didn't think about the pandemic. You just, you know, it was a perspective of, I'm just happy to be here today. Like, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm happy to be healthy. I'm happy my family's healthy. These people, I get to enjoy this and experience this with my people and my friends and people who care about me. And so that's just a sentiment that I really started to carry forward and embraced, especially during this whole time and was made a, made a lot easier, I think, for me to kind of get on that mindset than something more negative because of, uh, People like I spoke about before, Haley, Amy, Allison, Brad, uh, Giles, Peyton. So they've been um, nothing, everything, everything helpful to me in this time. Yeah, certainly. So uh, to, to wrap up here, um, can you, t- you know, I'm not the only one with a podcast, obviously. <laughs> how, how has, uh, how has, how is having a podcast during this time uh, help, help, you know, help your mental state as well? Yeah, it, it's, it's been great. I, I think it's been huge. It's it, this time, like I, I was talking about is obviously without swimming. Um, yesterday was seven weeks without water, um, officially on Tuesday. So it's really a chance for me. I realized to pour things into pour my energy and time and commitments and discipline into aspects that I always have wanted to, or, uh, have in the past and just lost the time commitment or lost the, uh, lost the ability to, to do. And, my podcast was one of those things. Um, my brother and I are, are uh, part of the country again. And so I'm, I'm kind of doing it solo dolo and, uh, and uh, just kind of manning it myself with occasional assistance and help and questions from him. But um, it's really been neat to connect with people and, and hear their stories to even degrees that I didn't even know. Um, just kind of running through the background of what they have to say and, and just getting to know people and having that connection of a conversation that is uh, often uh, often remiss in a quarantine life, I guess. Um, but it's really been neat to have that, to pour my energy into something I care about, to get out a message, I think. I think everyone has a story, and I think it's everyone has a story to learn from. And it ultimately reached into uh, like something I kind of started, too, with um, social media. I kind of like got really appalled by social media at the start because I just felt myself on it all the time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take a step back and how can I turn this into a positive platform and uh, at least a more um, productive platform. And so I started kind of doing like these, I call, I called them at first like mini podcasts, but these like 
on Instagram, IGTVs and uh, kind of putting those out as often as I can. At first it was like every day and then it just seemed to kind of flow, flow into a good, whenever it felt good um, kind of state and schedule and uh, try to do one like every other day or so now, no, no necessity, but just something I think I've been told helps um, some people and that's what I, I, that was my goal. Um, I mean, it helps me doing them. I love doing it. It's fun for me. So um, I think if I can help one person and if I can, and when I get one message from someone saying like this helped or I really enjoyed this today, like during this time, I think that's what everyone's really like really needs and really wants. And um, I experienced that a lot through the podcast. So um, if you're interested in that, uh, Swim Bros Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts. So shameless plug there. Um, appreciate the support on that one, Coleman. But absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's something that Kyle and I started, and I've been able to carry forward. And due to my discipline, I I hope it won't fail me on my discipline. But I'll stay with it even when we get back into swimming. And um, now that I kind of know a couple more tricks of the trade. I can uh, kind of do it with better diligence and, and more effectiveness in reaching out to people. So that it's, it's really been fun to, to have that right now. Well, awesome. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much for your time, your honesty, your vulnerability. I really appreciate uh, you coming in to talk to me today. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It is, uh, is my pleasure. Um, and uh, thank you for having me. I, I, as a one podcaster to another, Appreciate it and uh, and love it. So yeah. did I just call you Kyle? I um, I did. You did. Um, <laughs> Grant, it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's it's all good. I'm surprised you caught yourself. Um, but no, it's it's fine. I, I grew up. Uh, I kind of have the the saying that I think I grew up being called uh, Kyle more than my name of Grant. So <laughs> I respond to it. I, I it's an it's an endearing it's an endearing uh, name to me. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no worries. Um, my mother, my mother gets it, uh, gets it <laughs> often wrong too. So it's, no worries on that. The same. Uh, well, yeah, again, Grant House, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, Coleman. Thank you for this opportunity. Hey, do you love swim swim as much as I do? Do you want hours of endless practice footage, race video, and a guide to the best pancakeries in the country? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel below and follow us on social media at swim swim news on Twitter and Instagram. If we get a million followers, I might just eat a million pancakes. Only one way to find out.